It's time for Art is Real, of course, with um, Andrea Bell from the Hocken Pictorial Collection. Morena to you. Morena. And today we're joined by special guest artist Megan Brady. Morena to you. Morena to you. How are we both today? Very well, well yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It's a> <laughs> Simultaneously well. <laughs> it's a wonderful um, Thursday in Otipoti. The sun is shining. Yeah, Indeed. It's, it's a good day to talk about art. Every day is a good day. <laughs> well, you've got no choice. <laughs> you've got no choice. 24-7. Right, um, Megan's here today because you're, well, I don't, do we say about a participant or something, in in the DPAG Biennial Contemporary Dunedin Program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. that's right. Um, yeah, participant, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> sure. I, just, I just couldn't think of any other word. Yeah, yeah, no, um, I don't know, we were, the four of us invited to have this show, so... Invitees. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's uh, alongside um, Kim uh, Peters, uh, Araha Novak, and Charlotte Parallel. It is four different installations, and it's called Four. It's called Four. Yeah. It's called Four. A quick summary. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no confusion. Um, but yeah, they're four independent solo shows that are kind of grouped together for this um, biennial show that. The, the yeah the, the general link between the four of us is that we are um, four female based Dunedin based artists who are making new work I guess mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. and the show or it feels weird calling it a show but yeah it's a show because it's four separate projects is um curated by Lauren Gutzel and opened just on Friday was it mm, Saturday to the public Saturday yeah. so it's open mm-hmm. until the not to the to the hobnobs and the big ones oh, yeah, on yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had an event <laughs> <laughs> and running until the 18th of November so yeah better time to pop down and see it mm, mm. so I think to start like um, Megan it'd be great if you could just explain for our listeners a little bit about what your work looks like and how you um, approach the space when you're invited mm-hmm. to participate in sure. Um So my installation is titled A Quiet Corner Where We Can Talk and what it looks like um, is it's kind of this beautiful bland colouring on mm-hmm. the walls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a beautiful skirting that was made for me by the um, the technicians at the DPAG and that is painted an amazing colour called Rather Nice. Um, and it's been, the space has been fitted with a wall-to-wall carpet that's been a handmade carpet that um, yeah, stretches across the space, fills the corners um, and is complemented by an audio track, like a musical component to that. Um, and how I approach the space, I guess when Lauren approached me end of November last year, she kind of had this floor plan with her and was like, you know, do you want to have a show? I said, yes, <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> and she showed me the floor plan and on this floor plan it divided the space into four, mm-hmm. four spaces. And there's one that I was particularly drawn to and it had, um, it was the time of uh, Gordon Walters' show that was in, in the space and there was an L-shaped wall that had been installed and I wanted that wall. I love corners and um, yeah, spaces that could be mistaken for thoroughfare spaces or yeah, you know yeah, passageways yeah. or yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was really drawn to that space so that was kind of I guess the foundation of how I approached it. There mm. was a corner wall so I wanted that corner wall. Um, so I, was, I spent the next kind of I guess six months just drawing out that floor plan really loosely and knew that 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 drawing or that depiction or interpretation of that space had to be incorporated into the work somehow and then that became a kind of a motif repeated motif of, yeah mm. that is 
kind of um, scattered throughout the, the carpet. Yep, yeah, it's part of the tile kind of design. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the title? The title, what the title means yeah. or where it came from? A Quiet Corner Where We Can Talk. So um, I, yeah, like I said, was thinking about corners and I had, in the summer I found this book that was titled Elevator Music mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically it just talks about the, the psychology, the phenomenology, um, the etiquette, the social histories of elevator music and that was where I kind of drew this tie between carpets and furnishings of public spaces and what those public spaces sound like. So I got the book. The book introduced me to a man named Eric Satie who was a French composer and he was operating in um, the late 1800s to early 1900s and he kind of had this deep distrust of convention and he had kind of coined this term and concept of furniture music Mm -hmm. Um, and basically furniture music to him it's it's a background musical equivalent and Mm -hmm. it it's a a sound that is injected into a um, an environment that kind of becomes its its surroundings and also takes into consideration those noises and those sounds that exist in that space anyway Mm -hmm. so he was making this kind of music john cage a generation later um so eric city he passed away john cage was born came along discovered this man and kind of had this deep fascination with him so there's this text written by John Cage that um (laughs) I'll get to the point (laughs) a text written by John Cage where he had written a hypothetical um conversation between him and City and Mm -hmm. the the opening kind of sentence stated um John writing on behalf of City um they'll probably be some music but we'll manage to find a quiet corner where we can talk yeah yeah and nice. yeah the corner was in there so i <laughs> i was attracted to it yeah, yeah, initially yeah. but um just that that kind of beautiful stringing of words really love really nicely kind of depicted this um searching for intimacy in public spaces and mm-hmm. it, yeah it, so that kind of stuck and yeah when you kind of i find when you make the decision of titling something there's a whole lot of reasons why it makes sense initially and then once you have a deadline so you have to stick to something <laughs> all of these other things start to make sense with it too yeah, so yeah. it's been yeah lovely just having that alongside yeah all of nice. the making you know what is, what is the carpet's job a carpet's job <laughs> yeah what is its job in a room um no. well go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a carpet's job i suppose it it cushions a space yeah um it softens a space and what i love the most i think about this carpet in this public art space is that it's the only space in the whole gallery where footsteps can't be heard you know so yeah yeah. i mean i always find that when i'm in a gallery i'm quite good at (coughs) tuning out and observing the work that is in front of me but as soon as someone else walks into that room you can't help but notice there's there's steps um or wheels you know there's presence yeah Yeah. Mm. and and i really like that in this space it 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 kind of mutes that yeah um yeah i just wanted to go off on a little tangent but just thinking about your nice kind of connection between that private and public kind of space Mm. um 
when I saw your work, it immediately made me think of those interstitial spaces like airports and um, places that you kind of transit yeah. through. Yeah. And um, we were talking before about how in Portland, at the airport there, they had this really great retro design carpet that they were threatening to remove as part of a overall refurbishment and people yeah. came in and protested mm. and actually has since been removed they protested Aww. against the carpet being removed. it was like so iconic and so typical Portland yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it something to, really important to protest yeah about. I know <laughs> and you were saying that now you can buy merchandise yeah there's like a, a I found the website you can get you know, anything you can ever imagine there's t-shirts socks beanies wow. pillowcases wow. iPhone cases design. that have the original design and wow. there's like a lot of resentment for the, the newer design <laughs> kind of amazing <laughs> yeah did you you know did you use materials that uh, deliberately dampen sound or soften it no it's um the whole the whole carpet is um hand tufted wool so it's, yeah. it's a woolen space so it's warm it's really warm as well mm-hmm. um not that the gallery is not warm already it's like <laughs> such a controlled <laughs> environment that yeah. installing it was yeah difficult <laughs> it's really hard but can, you know but i'm guessing you can probably get material that invokes a quiet place a quiet space. I'm not saying you have, but mm. you know, yeah, you, know you, sure. can, you can you can design and fit out a room that makes it seem that if you're in there, you shouldn't be loud. Yeah, mm. definitely. Maybe the color scheme kind of plays into that. So, in terms of your choices for colors for this mm. work, could you tell us about that or how you kind of yeah. are inspired? Sure, this is my choices. I think my favorite part of um, installation doing is um, color schemes of the the paint um, mm-hmm. and the walls and. In this case, um, I'm so attracted to the service provided by paint companies like Dulux and Resine. Yeah, yeah. There's a role, <laughs> somebody's role is to be the colour forecaster of the upcoming year. So wow. they're like trend predictors. That's amazing. It's like That's so good. Humorous, completely, and amazing. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I like to take advantage of that free service. So every year <laughs> that I've had an exhibition or an installation, <laughs> I've <entree>. used <laughs> the Dulux newly anticipated colour trends forecast yeah. magazine, which predicts the following year. But last year I used up I used it up for this this year, so I had to um, resort to Resine. Yeah. Their magazine is called Habitat. <laughs> and um, basically, there's like, you know, every colour, and they've just, there's really well crafted paragraphs, you know, little mm-hmm. essays about these colours and why they're so great and transitory and, you know, ephemeral and this and that. Anyway, there's a the whites and neutrals section, mm-hmm. and there was a colour in there which was called Barely There. Um, so that's the, the colour of the walls, and in their description, they were talking very much about. Um, public spaces being so busy and demanding and kind of having to find a middle ground Mm. to please everybody and that being the whites and neutrals and that was really how this whole project um, originated. I for years have been observing um, the furnishings of public spaces, airports and bus seat covers and Mm -hmm. hotel waiting rooms and um, got to, I don't know, just wondering about what that aesthetic is and does it have to be so stripped back that it it doesn't please anybody, but it doesn't offend anybody either. So when I found this this paint title called Barely There, that made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and Rather Nice, which is the skirting, I just thought it would be quite funny if people come in and say, oh, that skirting's rather nice. Yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> kind of carry on. Yeah, yeah. Have people like, mentioned the skirting too? Well, the technician um, at the DPAG, Andrew, he thought that the paint 
kind of colour selections were hilarious. So any opportunity he <laughs> had to say, oh, I'm just bringing in the rather nice skirting. It is rather nice, Megan. You know, it's it beautiful. It's so funny. But um, yeah, I don't think many people know that. That's just for my own kind of yeah. satisfaction. Uh, well, it's good. Yeah, it's good. It makes can, it fun. You, you mentioned it before, but can you give us a little bit uh, behind the psychology of elevator music? Yeah, well, it's um, <laughs> it's fascinating because, like, following the industrial revolution, it meant that all of a sudden the elevators existed mm. beforehand. The social hierarchies of um, you know, large buildings. If you were the the bees knees and you were on the bottom floor, because you didn't have to walk anywhere and yeah. you know the kind of the lowest level of society were on the penthouse and mm, then when elevators kind of came into the play there was that it became possible for that yeah. for that shift so um that's one thing that kind of interested me but <clears throat> in terms of the physical elevator it was a new space for people to be put into and it's a really unique form of public transport it's kind of this one that <clears throat> you you assume is responding to you I mean it is it's not like there's a, a timetable you know oh I've got to catch the 1015 lift yeah, up yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Yeah. so you're you're <laughs> moderately in control of this form of public transport <laughs> um, and therefore we're I think we're quite impatient with them yes. you know and I, I read that those closed door buttons that everyone's quickly closing because mm. they can see someone coming out apparently they're just a placebo yeah. and it's mm. just you know it's <laughs> it gives you a sense of it's like when you cross control. at an intersection, like pedestrian yeah. crossing. I'm, I'm here, sure I'm that's here. just on a timer, but you push the button and you think, yep, yeah, yeah, they're I'm gonna here. know. Yeah, 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 that's <laughs> it's gonna right. go green yeah, man exactly. anytime now. Yeah. 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 And and there's obscure kind of etiquette around um, elevators and lifts because they are mm. small spaces and they you know, when they're throttling through space, um, particularly when people weren't used to that movement, there were um, people in there who were hosting you. Yeah. They would invite you in and mm. do the buttoning and just to kind of lighten the load and then elevator music was created as well. Um, it's always very calming kind yeah. of in an attempt to controlling calm <laughs> the environment. They should have that on hold music because it's not mm. calming and you're waiting. <laughs> and and you're they have like, like you know, top 40 New Zealand's top yeah. 40 party beats. I, I, wanted like to, I, I was going to form a covers band called On Hold with the IRD and just play <laughs> nothing but those songs. Yeah. And then I was going to move it around like I could just play the university. We could be on hold with Study Link and play the Study Link <laughs> songs. Could just do it in, in, in any situation. <laughs> but you know, because you, you do get frustrated when you wait on the phone. And yeah. you know, some of the music, yeah. I mean, I guess some Can't of it is kind of calming, but you know, maybe if it's a soothing undertone behind mm. it, you might, be, you might be a little bit less impatient. Yeah. But then this funny thing happens as well because <clears throat> in terms of the elevator, because they were going into spaces, like people were going into these spaces, they were ultra alert. So the music became almost like unbearable. And I think there was a like a um, kind of protest group called Pipe Down. <laughs> they were like wow. protesting um, wow, against, like, the music. against the music in, in all sorts of public spaces. Because, huh. <laughs> yeah, which is, <laughs> I don't know, you can't please everybody. <laughs> hey, just quickly, I want to hear about the gun. The gun, the gun. It's um, <laughs> this amazing. It's the most amazing thing. <laughs> it's called the hand tufting um, machine gun by Hoffman. Mm -hmm. So it's a German. It's a German product, <laughs> and it's essentially like an air compressed nail gun, but it shoots wool through it. And That's it's got this cool. rotating wow. blade that is set to you know an inch or whatever, and you're just 
firing it away. That's amazing. Um, Sounds it is dangerous. So cool. It is yeah. amazing. <laughs> the coolest thing I've ever, <laughs> ever encountered. So, uh, like long time rug vegan. maker. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, that's great. All right. Well, are we? How are we going for oh, time? Just well, good. 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 Yeah, that's it for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. This is how we end the art thing. We yeah, just art is real. Yeah, art is real. Real art quick. Is real. Hey, well, thank you so much for coming in. It's been it's, a pleasure. Yeah, it's amazing. Thank you for yeah, having me. No, you are more than welcome. And so it's on now. Till Until the 18th of November. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so. remember, there are three other participants or invitees <laughs> uh, as well uh, with wonderful work. I know yeah. all three of those artists, and they're all um, create some beautiful, yeah, incredible. Yeah, so, it's yeah. Cool show. Um, so thank you. We're going to play um, Brian Eno's um, music for airports. I don't know if you can, if you just want to put your headphones on for a second, you can just quickly hear what I played underneath. I think you'll be, you, you know. I don't have headphones. I thought. I'm ah, so soothing. <gasps> Underneath the whole thing. Yes. Oh wow! <laughs> it's excellent. Yes, uh, it's uh, Apex Twin. It's really good. Yeah, but we're going to play Brian Eno's. Uh, everyone will remember this from our um, <laughs> seven-day protest. Uh, we'll play um, the one-two remastered version from 2004. You're on the one ninety-one FM. Thank you. Daniel. Cheers.